Avengers Infinity War, Magic the Gathering Arena, and The Cursed Book. This is Staying In. How are you doing, Chris? I'm okay, buddy. Uh, a little bit worse for wear. <laughs> yeah. After the weekend that we had. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, what a weekend that I was. I mean, actually, today, yeah. day of recording, is exactly four, three, three years since we were on Dan's stag do. Really? And I'd love to say that just like that many years ago we were do we were having some sort of stag like event last of the weekend we were you know going go karting uh what else we do at dan stag rescued a ram in the middle of a field <laughs> where a man yeah. with no trousers told us to save it um playing darts drinking terrible knockoff vodka pencil museum mm-hmm. pencil museum i wish we'd done all of that Really, really, genuinely, I'd wish we'd gone to the pencil museum. Yeah. But. Instead, I got beaten up by your utility room. (laughs) (laughs) Now, can I. This has to be prefaced by the continuing bad luck and bad omen that is Peter Willington, Mm. who. The arbitross of the group. Yeah. Seemingly, since buying. What book have you. What book have you been reading? Um, it is uh, Tractus Logico Philosophicus by Wittgenstein. Sounds like light reading. Yes. Well, mm, it's thinner than you think it is. It might as well be, be the Necromonicon. Uh, but since buying this book, and this is my theory, yeah. Pete has been struck with incredible bad luck and a horrible curse mm. that has now gone on so bad that it's affected... All of us. And public transports. Public transport. International transport. International transport, yep. Bikes. Any kind of transport, basically. Mm. <laughs> the transport of blood in a pressurised form around Chris's body. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, should we, should we walk through what happened? Well, please, please, because I wasn't, I wasn't there. This is all news to me. I've purposely stayed out of finding out what happened because I knew we'd be talking about it. This is why this episode is actually going out late. Because we usually like to go out on the first and the fifteenth, and <laughs> it's a good excuse, I think. It's a pretty good excuse. Just about, just about, I would say, so, just about. So, Chris, just... Chris, walk us through it up until the point that you feel that you need to hand over. Well, well, for obvious reasons, as will come later, you will need to fill in some of the gaps. Because there is a gap of about thirty to forty seconds. <laughs> oh, Chris, you were you like mentally you were out for longer than that. Yeah, I mean physically, yeah, I know. Yeah. But there was there was there was part of me that was like, oh my god, we've broken him. <laughs> so so um, uh, we'd had a lovely day watching Infinity War, which we'll talk about uh, later. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll talk we'll um, we'll talk about Infinity War at the end, just in case anyone wants yeah. to skip it. You know, who wants to miss this? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, yeah, this is this this has been frontline for a very good reason. Um, so uh, we'd what um, coming back after that, we decided to show Pete uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. It was great good. film, yeah, good, good film. fun. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man's one of Pete's favourite comic book characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very nice, very relaxed. I was quite tired. I'd had a very long week at work, very tired. Yeah. And at the end of the film, I got up to go to, the, to use the bathroom. <laughs> actually, actually, no, no, it's already what? affecting you. The film, yeah, exactly. You've already you've already forgotten part of what happened. We'd finished watching the film, yeah. yeah. 
Had a little bag of M&M's mixed. Because mm-hmm. um, you never, you know, every handful should be a surprise. Unless you have a severe nut allergy. As well, <laughs> that's true. Still a surprise, Dan. Still be a surprise. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I decided that I wanted to watch an episode of Budgie on YouTube. <laughs> um, and uh, so we started watching... We started watching Budgie, and then we got then we got to uh, an episode of Tugs. Do you remember Tugs, Dad? Oh gosh, yeah. And I believe it it was during the intro of Rude Dog and the Deweebs. Yep. That Chris left the room, yep. and then yep. Chris, you can pick up the story. Yeah. So I picked it up. I was quite groggy, quite dizzy, because um, I was quite tired, and it's the effect that Budgie has on you. <laughs> and I went to the bathroom. Um, Sam's got a lovely bathroom. Sam and Lisa. Uh, lovely little compact downstairs bathroom. It's lovely. Yep. Walk, walk in. It's, it's, it's basically quite small to you, right? You've got this little toilet. All went well. Um, <laughs> washing my hands. And then I remember waking up on the floor. Okay. Cut. Slash cut. Yeah. Cut. That's it. Russo yep. brother style cut to Titan. But it wasn't Titan. It was the sofa. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, then, so then we here. So we're like... oh. You know, Chris has gone off. He's uh, he's gonna miss uh, whatever it is in the dweebs intro, uh, and then um, we hear. Shall I try and recreate the sound? Yeah, go on. Try, try if, see if see if you can. So we got it. It, it's, it was a bit like this. Yeah, obviously less musical because Chris isn't a guitar. No, but <laughs> but, but but it was about that, wasn't it? And we thought, well, maybe maybe Chris has knocked something off, and uh, yeah. and then we were like. Chris? 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 Now, it was on that fourth Chris that I think we got worried. Yeah, and then I went to the toilet, and then I heard the reverse of what I just did. So, like, the... I was like, hi, Chris? Chris? I heard some rustling, and Chris's response to me was, it's all right, I've... I've just been asleep. <laughs> and, I mean, I once went to uni with a guy who fell asleep in the shower. Yeah. So I wasn't too like, mm, okay. But I was like, yeah, you don't just fall asleep on the toilet. No, no. Not unless it's you've, you know, been in there for the long haul. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I sort of walked away. Then Chris came out. Pete walked into Chris, not literally. No. And then Pete turned to me and went, you've got to call an ambulance. And then events sort of started from there. Yeah. So, because <laughs> I, I, I was in no pain. I just, I thought, oh, I, I may have just like cut my head. Because you had a concussion, Chris. <laughs> Sleep it off. Pete was like... um no, you need to call a paramedic. I thought, oh, no, I don't want to be a drain on the NHS. <laughs> um, and, and, and if you're thinking if you're thinking if Chris is saying any of this for comic effect, he genuinely he, said, Dan, Dan, he genuinely said, oh, don't call an ambulance. I just want to go to sleep. While yeah. blood was pouring down the <laughs> side of his neck. And like, and like, I w- and like Sam and I were, I think, rightfully slightly concerned at this point. 
Um, yeah. So so we were like, okay, so we so Sam went off and phoned an ambulance and did a very good job of dialing three numbers, providing an accurate description. And uh, I was sat with you, and you were just like, oh, just just let me just let me lie back, just have a little a little sleep here. I just want I just want to <laughs> go to sleep, and it'll be all right. Just I just demonstrating to... all the signs of someone who has had a concussion. But then, Dan, yeah, exactly. but, yeah. but then Dan, what happened was that obviously quite often when you're concussed, which is what happened to me, I didn't realise you feel quite queasy and quite sick, and I could sense I was going to be sick. <laughs> Sam clocked onto that fact. He said, Pete, grab a bowl. Now, Dan, imagine this I'm in your living room. Dan, Dan, imagine I'm sat in your living room and I tell you, get a bowl, I'm going to be sick. What kind of bowl would you grab, Dan? Oh, God, he got you a cereal bowl, didn't he? No, worse than that. What is the best bowl, what is the best vessel or vestibule to catch vomit? Surely surely a washing up bowl. Brilliant. Surely, or a bucket. That's what you get. Now, what do you think Pete grabbed? <laughs> I'm thinking cereal bowl. I'm thinking, no. like, an ashtray. No. I'm thinking. Who do like you, a... we, what house? Dan, things. I know we haven't seen each other in a while. <laughs> okay, like a little candy dish type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's more like me, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, no. In, in the same shape, what would 20 years ago have been an ashtray? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, no. no I'm imagining. No. It, it, instead, what really happened was I just got off the phone to a lovely lady, first responder at the at the NHS. To find my pears, my oranges, my bananas and apples <laughs> strewn across the counter to walk into Chris with my fruit bowl, <laughs> which incidentally sits right next to the washing up bowl. <laughs> and I walked in and went, oh, Chris presumably threw up in the fruit bowl. So, um, so in my right hand, I had Chris's. Uh, I was holding a bowl and had Chris's sick on my right hand, and on my left hand, I had Chris's blood, uh, yeah, uh, pouring out of a half-inch gash, yeah, on the back of his head. Uh, so at this point, uh, like, so. So Chris was just about starting to come round, starting to get just about lucid. Yeah. So basically, we get the ambulance coming out, and a uh, really nice guy turns up, and um, yeah. and he's like, you know, he's obviously you know asking all the important details, and he does genuinely like, I'll, I'll preload all of this with. He did an amazing job and was super yeah. prof- incredible, super professional up to guy. the point and patient, oh, and patient right up to the right up to the point where like Chris was, it was obvious that Chris was quote unquote fine. Uh, and obviously needed to to go somewhere else. He needed to go to A and E, but like, uh, like it was okay. So he was all very professional with that. But then he had to. So, so he was basically. Uh, he said, "Okay, can I get your name?" And he obviously Chris needed to provide all these details. And I'm sure it's <laughs> it's partly a way of you know. I can see where this is going. So he says, "Oh, so what's your name?" And he starts going through it. And then Sam says, um, "He says, I will bet you." that you have not got the correct spelling of that name on that sheet. <laughs> and uh, and he and he sort of looked at Sam like, mm, like I'm not an idiot. You little shit. Fuck off. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> I just, I, I'm a fucking hero. <laughs> His uh, name's Christopher. I'm not an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. guys are hammered watching kids TV. Don't <laughs> lecture me. <laughs> so the long and short of it is that he filled the forms out. Um, I was fine enough to go in a taxi rather than ambulance and um we had to scooby-doo style split up so sam stayed with poppy yep um i tried to stay awake can i just have yeah. that on the record yeah that I- no that's fine <laughs> no sam honestly you but both of you 
I put on Hellboy on Netflix and I thought, oh, this is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And so parallel to that, Hellboy, um, Pete and I get in a taxi. The taxi drive was very pleasant, I must admit. It's the best public transport. I even though I was going to be sick because you kept talking about food the whole way. <laughs> Pete, Pete, you told me about this taxi journey when I was taking you back to the bus station and you were giving him business advice, telling him to set up like a taco bus. Honestly, Sam, it was like a bloody chat show. And, and, and at that point, I thought, geez, Pete's voice just wants to make me be sick. No matter what he's saying, his voice, I just want to be sick. Oh, God. And... Honestly, like he went on, and that taxi driver went on a longer journey than we did in terms of where Pete took him. It was incredible. But and Pete is such a friendly person. He's such a friendly person. He'll make mates of anyone, even taxi drivers at one or two in the morning. <laughs> so hopefully, I've convinced, I've convinced him to open up a food truck because he he basically makes yeah he did honestly. He's a really nice guy. He makes this really cool traditional Indian food. He's like really well into it. And he was like, oh, I'd really like to open a restaurant, but it's a bit little bit too high risk I was like yeah it is a bit high risk at the moment like it's really difficult you could open up like a food truck it's like a really big thing out in the states and he was like food trucks what's that all about and so we had a really nice conversation about how he could do that and how he could be on the cutting edge of Manchester's haute cuisine I mean they got to the hospital at this point but yeah. Pete was still giving advice I was just, I was just like listen <laughs> the guy starts taking detours <laughs> <laughs> just so- so then so then so um, we get into A&E yeah. um, front desk yeah. we're told straight away Dan it's going to be a five-hour wait. Good times. It's 2 a.m. at this point, um, by the way. Yeah, we got there about 2 a.m., so we knew by about 7 I'd be seen. Um, so, fortunately, I'd taken a graphic novel for me to read, Ed Brubaker's, Ed Brubaker's Batman, which Sam had talked about in the previous pod. Um, Pete also brought his light and frothy reading that he's still trying to wade through. Yeah, Wittgenstein. Um, that he took with him on holiday, still hasn't finished. Yep. The cursed book. Yep, <laughs> and we sat there for seven hours in total. Yep. Um, Until we got seen. Meanwhile, I'm waking up. Ah, nice. <laughs> yeah. New dawn, new day. Birds tweeting outside. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, Sam texts me saying, uh, I don't think we're going to do a podcast today because Chris is yeah. in A&E. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so we're there. Like me and Pete oh. occasionally chatting instances, but we're quite tired. We haven't properly slept. We kind of doze in and out of consciousness. Yeah. Um, and you know we we saw everything there. You're seeing various different people. It's not it's not a nice sight. And bless them, the A&E staff were incredible. Yeah, they were great. People in different degrees of pain. There was one guy who was in handcuffs who was just doing the rounds. Yeah, because he'd the... he'd headbutted this other guy, um, and he had like this massive gash up his forehead, and he was just he was just sauntering around in his handcuffs, just yeah. sauntering around, and all the policemen around him were sort of like, oh, there he is. <laughs> like, I mean. All right, then. There were some low points because we had about seven hours of um, Heart FM and Michael oh, Bublé and Ed Sheeran. Oh, it's like, God, Dante's Seven Circle of Hell. Oh, um, so that wasn't the most fun. But it was all sorts, wasn't it? Oh, God, it was crazy. And then I finally, Dan, I was seen because it was bizarre because literally it was like, um, you know, in a video game, like I'm currently playing Horizon Zero Dawn. So obviously de- a day lasts 40 minutes. So you can see the passage of time. It was like that. I was watching the sky like, above me, you know, <laughs> dawn break and like start to stream through and then I was seen and the paramedic had told me that my my um the gash on the back of my neck would need gluing so I thought, okay it'll just Sounds be like fine. I don't know PVA glue gun whatever I don't know a bit of stick yeah um walked in uh the lady said oh it's all right it's not going to be stitches I was like oh phew don't want stitches it's going to be the staples <laughs> I was like you what 
sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Meanwhile, I arrive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's when Sam turns up, like the American cavalry. Sam's finished breakfast. <laughs> when I'm lying on my front with this lovely nurse, who's fantastic, by the way, armed with a staple gun, essentially. Literally. Um, she's going, mm, maybe you need two. And I said, yeah, two. And she's, no, actually three. You're going to need three. I said, yeah, let's, let's keep it odd. <laughs> um, three. That's a good solid number. So you sat there, lying on your front. Mm. Um, she did three staples, wasn't happy with the third one, so she took it out, put the fourth one. <laughs> <laughs> did she did she put out one of those staple removers, the little jaw things? No, um, this is the funny thing. I, I, I've still got the staples in my head now. I've got to keep them in for five days. And um, I, she's given me the thing to remove them. So basically, I've got to go to a walk-in clinic on the Friday mm. and get them removed. Um, so yeah, so um, I have essentially stationary in the back of my head and yeah. it's pretty weird oh. particularly when you walk out into the cold i mean i mean to say stationary i mean something tells me it wasn't just like bought from a local stationers that no, 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 i no. saw them there they are staples they are just stationary staples i mean they're not they're like medical yeah. but they are but they, you could use the same <laughs> staples for putting together your presentation at GCSE or whatever yeah. like they were just normal staples just what just the machine that she used like seals them up as right. they're going in like <laughs> yeah. all in one action that's the only difference between that and a normal stapler you get at Ryman's yeah I mean it's not because the government is severely underfunding the NHS no. that they're forced to resort to <laughs> other means but yeah so basically I've got these staples back in my head and that was that, really. So I came back, and we were still there was still this ra- faint glimmer of hope that we'd still be able to record the podcast, but we were just too shattered, me and Pete. So we both went and had a kip in our respective rooms. Yeah, I, I sat downstairs playing Zelda for hours. Yeah, Sam, you Sam, you were ready for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, you, was, you, were, you were committed to getting it out on time. It's these lazy suds. So I, what I'll do is, um, uh, what I will do is, uh, I'll put a, an image of what. Chris look like up on the uh, on, on the social feeds uh, so that people can see. I he, he like Chris. Chris was so exhausted and ill he couldn't even finish a slice of toast. Which, if you've listened to this podcast before, yeah. you realise. F- hell, that's that's bad. <laughs> it's a kind of magic, magic, magic. Dan's left. Dan's, Dan's left. gone. Dan's like He's fuck this. Dan's like fuck this shit. I'm not listening to magic. <laughs> Look at him. He's like I've talked. Dan's like oh oh I've, I'm not gonna listen to you talk about magic. Like Jesus Christ. Hell. You just made lots of work for me there. <sighs> I so I dropped off the magic thing for like a couple of years, right? Like I don't know if you've been playing it, Sam. Like. I mean, like, I haven't bought a new magic set since Shadows Over Innistrad, and I didn't really play that. I just kind of looked at them and went, ooh, these are cool. Yeah, I spent I spent lots of money with Shadows Over Innistrad building a rat deck, because yep. I thought, that would be fun. That'd be cool. Um, and I built it, and I thought, oh, this, yeah. is, this is fun. And yeah. then, yeah, then some of my cards went up in the loft, yeah. and then some of my other cards went into the drawer. Yeah. And since then, I'm actually, uh, I've got a play date on thursday and i might uh play a little bit of magic but the but but that's the problem with magic the problem with magic is you need somebody who also plays magic 
in your life and really you need like a couple of people and they have to be close as in they have to be close in proximity to you and you need to play them regularly because if you don't then there isn't that there's no need to buy any more cards no because you're just like well you know if i'm not going to play this regularly then why am i going to drop x amount of money on it every single time you know whatever you feel is is the right amount of money to spend on on magic at that it's point it's all about the meta it's all about the meta and you're certainly not going to mm-hmm. keep up to you're not going to keep playing in um like standard so standard is basically is a block a sets sets of cards and these are like tournament legal so if you were to take them to a um you know friday night magic at the local um sweaty boy shop for example like at some point your cards are unplayable because uh you can't take them to that so you can't be around those people so you have to be around friends who are, are happy playing like legacy or vintage which is like much much bigger a wider pool of stuff um and so i kind of yeah, dropped out of it. I think it was Eldritch Moon, I think, uh, where I was just like, ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then um, then I saw that they were doing... I've always liked playing digital magic, but I've again, it's never been something where I've really sunk a load of time because I've never really thought, oh, well, I'll get into the online because it's not actually quite magic magic you know with magic no. magic duels or magic uh, duels of the planeswalkers or any of those it was never quite magic um and it certainly didn't have the depth and breadth of um uh the uh, in terms of the card pools um and then uh, this arena beta has been around so arena is like a it's a free to play um magic it like it's 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 bonkers that I have to say this, but it is Magic the Gathering in a digital form. Like there's no yeah. there's no simplification. There's no oh, it's basically magic, but um, it is digital magic, and um, it is being made as, as far as I know by Wizards in house. So they are spending very obviously quite a lot of money making this thing uh, with some very smart people because um, it. it it's amazing in in how it actually handles the flow, the phases of magic, the, these different, yeah. very com like relatively complex things that you can potentially break the flow of the game with, and how it actually communicates that to the player. Um, and more importantly, the first thing you do when you boot up the game is open lots of booster facts. Yep, that's I mean that's the big thing, right? Like yeah, but like it's a so it's 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 free to play, and that immediately made me go uh because free to play economy on magic and those kinds of games can be a little bit daunting it was a little bit naff with duels for example um and it was fine but it was um but we got into the beta you and i um and we did we went in went into it and kind of like i was really hoping that it would be really good <clears throat> and um yeah i was really i yeah it and it was um so like it's good it is good, isn't it? It's yeah. It's 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 a beta at the moment, so it's quite bare bones. That's but it's 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 good for me who's been out of the magic cycle for quite some time because yeah. the new sets are in there like Amonkhet yeah. and um to sound really childish, lots of stuff with dragons and pirates. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of like, um, like a natural pairing. Yeah, exactly. Like They've they, they've just added Dominaria, which is the latest set, which is where they go back to, um, 
like supposedly like they go back to where like the 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 realm that magic originally began because it's like 30 years of magic basically is it 30 years no it can't be 30 30 years can it no 25 25 years of magic um and um yeah so uh so they keep it updated they're adding more stuff all the time um and the boosters, I've been like unlocking those. You get them really quickly, and it's all built around like you earn them through through challenges. Kind every, of like every single day, almost like achievements, like get, kill twenty creatures and win with a red black deck twice. Yeah. So it's it is that encouragement to keep you playing is is um, good actually. And I've also heard that they're trialing in New Zealand the fact that if you buy the physical boosters you'll get money off or you get access to some other cards within the digital realm which i've kind of been waiting for a, yeah. a card game like this to do for years yeah. like i would have bought up all of the sky realms expansion packs if i knew that when i bought them physically i'd get money off them digitally mm. like i just don't understand why there's the market so fragmented in that way i think mm. i think it's just ridiculous mm. um but the I mean, the problem I have with Magic Online, well, I should say Magic Magic the Gathering Arena and all of the other Magic virtual digital Magic platforms, yep. it's just because there's always a chance for me to see other ways of playing and new cards that are coming through. I just never get the chance that you do in the physical game. Yeah. So usually when we play with my friends, they'd be like, oh, I've developed a new deck. And then as you play it, you go, oh, what's that card? And, you know, you'd look at it and share it and go, oh, but... And then it would be like, oh, and this card affects this this way. And look yeah. at the synergy of how they're working together. And for me, that's the scintillating, that's the incredible part of magic. It's just like you've you've sat down with a deck and in your head you've worked out this little mini puzzle of how this is going to work with that and how the theme of it works with this. And that's the beauty of it. And it's and it's still a wonderful thing. And in magic, uh, magic the Gathering Arena, I've, I've had my ass handed to me with some incredible plays with some pirate dinosaur shit going on but i have no idea what's happened like everything happens so fast um almost like in that tournament style of play i yeah that i wish there was just like a way of kind of like other than playing the cards myself just a way to kind of enjoy how other people are playing yeah and i think that that's the reason so as i say it is it, it feels bare bones at the moment. Like if this is all, if this is what is released, it will be a very good game of Magic with a very limited scope. As in, yeah. it's it'll just be ranked. It'll just be online. It'll just be uh, the latest stuff, and you'll have to kind of deal with that. No, like there's no tutorial. Like at the moment, the beta has been only going out to people who are into Magic, like who know how to play it. Because if it, it's not read, it, it's not sitting there waiting for you to learn how to play the actual game of magic it, it's not interested no. in that at the moment but do you think but do you think that people picking up this game will be people who've never played the actual physical card yes absolutely 100 really? this will be a this will be a channel into uh paper and also as part of this you know i think they also want to make this its own product but this will also be a way into per basically purchasing magic because that's the that is the thing with free to play because the barrier to entry is effectively zero you get to a situation where if anybody has even the smallest inkling to play magic you can do it i mean you can go into a sweaty boy shop tomorrow and go and ask them to play to to give you a um 
uh, to give you like a sample deck. At certain, yeah. Basically, there are certain wizard, like wizards approved, I think, stores where you can go in. They'll give you a sample deck and you can keep it. Um, and it's like this little thin 15 card, 30 card, wherever it is. And you can figure out how to play Magic and how it actually works out. And somebody will introduce you how the game actually works. And that's really important because you need somebody to teach you how to play Magic. Like, you do, yeah. Like, if you sit there and try and read the rules online, like, good luck. Um, but... Well, you can. The rules, the, rules are one, the rules of Magic are one page. Sure, like, sure. But then, but, but then it's things like, cool, what does trample mean? And yeah. and like when like it's also things like when can I cast this? Like yeah. so for example, you can play only one land in your turn, but you can actually you can either play it at the start of your turn or you can play it towards the end of your turn. Or, you know, there's little different parts and phases where you can play this 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 one land card. And when you play that land can be really important. It'll and none of those things will actually be taught to you. You know, um, by just by just reading the rules, because you won't know to look for those things. Um, so I think that it will be that gateway in. Yes. However, uh, I guess what I'm, I was coming to is this is this is a beta, and I know for a fact, like that it is going to have more added to it. So I'm hoping that they will add a play your pals mode, because yeah, because I would really love nice. like like you and I now we have quite like having played MG, MTG Arena. Like, we now have quite a collection of cards, and at some point they yeah. will fall out of standard. But it would be really cool if you and me could just sit together and go, I'd like to play this thing, and not have any time limits whatsoever. Um, and yeah. so that when this, so that I can show you how this new deck of mine works, or how this old, you know, or let's have a, you know, have a laugh and just like figure out what all these super powerful cards are and how they all play. And like, yeah, that'd be nice. That would be really nice. So, uh, yeah, so I'm going to keep playing it and um, and see how that goes. But I'm definitely, it's drawing me back in. Magic. Me too. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, one of those hooks. Is just like the different ways to play and the different designs. Yep. And the the fact that the fact that there is now a community of people that I can play against. Well, what? <laughs> <laughs> just like Dan, Dan, Dan's brain has just melted under the magic. That the answer to this question, I don't want it to be because it's Magic the Gathering, okay? Okay. But for people who are fans of Hearthstone, um, what yeah. about this will will make them go from, move from Hearthstone over to this? Oh. Obviously, the answer shouldn't be. Because it's Magic the Gathering. No. If they like Hearthstone, what's going to make them move over? They won't. Um, I I wouldn't say I wouldn't say move over. No. Okay. Well, what what what's going to make them try try this as well? Because, if they're happy with Hearthstone. Because because uh, just because I'm happy with chicken burgers doesn't mean that I wouldn't want chicken nuggets. Like it's like yeah. it it. That's their that's their slogan, isn't it? For this. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should be on their marketing team. Magic the Gathering, the chicken burger to your chicken. Nuggets. Hearthstone, while while they while it, it while it is an easy to comparison to make between Hearthstone and Magic because there are similarities actually Hearthstone plays quite differently and mm-hmm. Magic is it, it is a very different beast a certainly high level um, it, it is it is very different to Hearthstone um, I think this is not a either or situation it is a it is a 
you could just play both of them you know like i'm not yeah. i'm not gonna you know i've been playing star realms on my phone as well um i'm not gonna give up star realms just because i'm playing ascension in the same way that i wouldn't give up magic uh i wouldn't give up another card game just because uh magic's come along um the i think the so they do fundamentally play differently they uh, are there uh, uh, oh, obviously i know i've obviously we've had long discussions in the past where i've demonstrated my lack of interest in magic the gathering sure, yeah. and that's fine it's just it's not a game for me no, not- just like Hearthstone wasn't a game for me yeah. but I'm, I'm aware of it as being quite a big um deck building digital game i mean they're not they're not fundamentally different no. and they're not deck building games no the, the crux of the games is the same you use power to cast spells that are creatures that harm your opponent i mean that is the, the yeah. fundamentals of both the games yeah. but mechanically they are very 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 different mm-hmm. in how they utilize yeah it's it, the the distribution of that power in the same way again that um that gin rummy is fundamentally the same as i don't know pontoon like in that you have you, you have cards there are rules and mechanics and cards go in and out of hands you know played played to spaces like at the end at the end of the day it's it's a it's a it's a trading card game and a, a lot of trading card games feel the same but but that would be like saying magic is like hearthstone is like saying that ma- magic is like pokemon cards or like Yu-Gi-Oh or like that final fantasy rubbish um like it's all they all have similarities but they also go in very very different directions otherwise they wouldn't exist like you know yeah. there there isn't you know anything that's quite like magic in that way um i mean personally dan spoilers i don't think you're going to like this um and i <laughs> i certainly i certainly wouldn't suggest you play it without without the tutorial like you would need somebody to sit you down and play the game first of all pete pete pete, pete spoilers yeah I'm not going to exactly, play this. Exactly. Exactly. So, but I, w- I wouldn't recommend it to you. But um, I think if you've played, if you've played Magic previously, you should try and get in on the beta because, uh, and you know, I, I need to. I want to spend more time with it to really think about like how it handles the you like just pre- presenting, presenting gameplay mechanics. So I want to talk about that at length at some point. But I know this podcast is going on. So, um, but it is if you've played Magic before, it's well worth getting in on the beta because you'll find a lot to like there and I, I think once they've got it to a point where it's you know happy and moving on quite nicely and there's a tutorial and stuff i think it will be a really good way to you know dip your toe into the water and see how it all works out and oh man sam open packets <sighs> but the annoying thing was that we only, we didn't really get a chance to actually play anything over the weekend games well we did we did we played a little bit we played we played race for the galaxy yeah. Oh yeah, you brought that up. Mm. Yeah, that was that was actually really. Chris and I played uh, Starfighter and Schnapson. 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 Yeah. Actually, we played. We just played card games, didn't we, on the weekend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. We did just play card games. Um, I got to use my Hungarian deck of cards for the first time. Oh yeah, because okay, because we haven't we haven't talked about this yet. We also went on holiday. We did, and and whose plane was delayed oh. when they went on holiday because yeah. they're reading a fucking book that's cursed. <laughs> that's cursed. <laughs> oh no, I need to get rid of it. I'm going to read it and finish it, and it's gone. Um, yeah, okay. So, 
Yeah, so we also went to <laughs> so we also <laughs> we, as well as head wounds, uh, we also yeah. we also decided to go on holiday. Uh, this was a couple of weeks ago now. So we went to Salzburg, Vienna, yep. and Budapest. Yeah, the big three. The big three. The big three. Um, so that was Sam, myself, and Chris. And Dan didn't come along because he was on Toby duty, which is fair enough. Uh, can't unfortunately can't just leave. I've heard you can't just leave children in a house locked up with like extra food. No, that's not how it works. It's not how it works, is it? It's really not. Extra no. food, extra nappies. They're not. Con- considering, I imagine you didn't do that for your rabbit. Then yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not in. They're both- I, don't, I don't think I, I don't think I'm I'm uh, exaggerating when I say uh, children require slightly more attention yeah. than a rabbit. Well, fine. I mean, you haven't met my rabbit, but yeah. Um, so we went out uh, to um, what would you call it? Eastern Europe. Well, is that is technically where it is. I mean, Eastern Europe, I suppose it is, isn't it? I'm not a geography professor, but it is east of where we are and in Europe. That's true. So, so that's true. Um, and I, I, it was it was tippity top fun, basically. That was great. It was brilliant fun. Wall to wall sunshine, twenty one oh, degrees min, twenty eight be- degrees max. Beautiful beautiful beer that's ATP Salzburg was I absolutely adored it just like wandering around Salzburg um, like really nice old town feel Um, it's where they filmed uh, that uh, uh, go on go on here we go I mean we we were there Lisa did not stop talking about it while we were in Salzburg we went Uh, to the monastery yep we actually went to the fountain Let's see if I can guess it before Pete by you naming it's, things from. The no, film. Dan, it's the film. It's the film where they're running around in the hills okay. and there's and there's Nazis. <laughs> I oh mean, God. yeah. I, obviously, obviously, I know what this is. I can't believe you're not naming it right now. They're running around in the hills and there's Nazis. Their hearts are beating. You could say they were alive, right? I mean, would you say would you say that the hills are full of anything? Yeah, sound of music. Yeah, there okay. Go. There we go. Okay, there we go. Yeah. A light bulb just so, switched on. So yeah, so that's filmed there, uh, or it was filmed there, and um, <laughs> every week it's just ongoing <laughs> documentary. Um, the world's longest running continual film filming. Julie Andrews just just being tortured by repeatedly <laughs> being so forced tired. to run across those bloody <laughs> hills. <laughs> These kids haven't grown up. Um, so uh, so we did that. We went wandered around in the castle. We saw like we saw. Well, they they labelled it as like a the torture room. Oh, it was brilliant, but it wasn't really. I feel like we were missold. Yeah, because we because we went on this we went on the tour of the what was like the Archbishop's residence, Dan. Yeah, which sits on top of this hill on top of beautiful Salzburg. place. And we and we paid a bit of extra money to go on this to go on this tour, and, and yeah, so they give you this like machine that you can put up to your ear or you can get like headphones to stick in and we, we're just we're all just like there's about 30 or 40 of us just pottering around this room listening to this audio book and suddenly this guy chimes up and goes the 13th archbishop of salzburg was known for his characteristic turnip arms <laughs> and me pete chris veronica alex and lisa all looked at each other at the same time just gave each other that what did he just say? What are characteristic <laughs> turnip arms? Turnip arms. 
Because the, Im- the images it conjures up are incredible. Yeah, he loved turnips. The Archbishop apparently loved them turnips. So his coat of arms... It's a coat of arms. ...was a turnip. It? Yeah, rather than, rather than like some sort of <laughs> physical deformity. Um, but, um, but there was that, and then, then they had like... Yeah, like there was meant to be like a torture room, but it wasn't really. It was like this torture cupboard. And uh, it wasn't even a torture cupboard. It was. It was just like storage. Well, if you if you suffer from claustrophobia, that's quite tor- quite a lot of torture. Oh, it was a huge Dan. It was a massive cupboard, big as this room. But we walked into yeah, there. bigger than Sam's utility room. Yeah. And the guy and the guy was just like, in this room, you will find some of the torture instruments that they used during the time. This room wasn't used for torture, as it was outlawed in the building. But you can imagine. <laughs> What it might have been like. <laughs> and Lisa like, turned around to me what? and went, So we're just in a cupboard. And it's like, Yep. <laughs> we're just in a cupboard that they've hung instruments on the wall that look a little bit tortury. Um Yeah. It's incredible. Gee, that was yeah. Salzburg. We made a friend we made friends of the boy in the local spa. That was- <laughs> Yeah. We kept going back and forth because on the first day down it was gorgeous. As Sam was saying, the sun was so, shining. So when you say spa, do you mean a no. local spa as in a convenience yeah. store or spa as in a luxury? Yeah, no, Dan, do you remember when so obviously we were all in Aberystwyth and do you remember the the spa? The the, the spa <laughs> I remember being this- it well. Many a many a fun late evening spent there. The twenty four hour spa. Well yeah. in in Budapest and in and in Hungary and Austria, Dan. Spa is like Waitrose, it's and I kid you not, you can get spa. Was it called spa luxury or spa quality? Or spa yeah. gourmet was it? I can't remember. It was like gourmet spa. Spa is just the supermarket over there. So much so that they so have good. like spa quality and spa luxury, which is like the Waitrose version of spa. Like if you want to get all the stuff you need to shop, you go to spa. So and good. I just imagine like if anyone from Austria or Hungary comes over to this country, they're just like, yeah, they've got a spa here. Don't worry. We're... Oh, no. oh Jesus. <laughs> I can't believe they got a spa there's, in this little village. There's a guy half asleep in the hot food bucket. Like, <laughs> it's just, oh, there's a, there's a person who's pushed all the tins but over. But it's great because we, on the first day, the sun was shining, Sam was saying, we just sat by the river waiting for Pete to turn up, just drinking um, cider, beer, just on the side of the river, which is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Having like a packed lunch that we just bought. I ate so many pretzels, Dan. Oh my gosh, it was incredible. So many pretzels. So little time. <laughs> but Salzburg was one of those lovely kind of, you know, your chocolate box kind of alpine town, yeah, essentially. Absolutely incredible. Mozart everywhere. Absolutely incredible. Then we went to Vienna. Yeah. Where we really racked up the miles. Because, mm. of course, even when we're away, we're thinking about the 2018 Around the Houses Challenge. Mm. And Chris and I, uh, we went for a run in every city we visited uh, yep. once. And we even went for a lovely bike ride um, outside of Vienna, up this massive hill. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus, we went ten kilometers up a hill, and then the best ten kilometers that I've ever spent on a bike back towards Vienna. Um, Pete had a wonderful time on his bike when the seat collapsed and went inside him. Yeah, almost, <laughs> almost, <laughs> yeah. Went, almost went right up there. Again, still carrying that book. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sixty sixty miles we walked in that holiday. I, I haven't added that to the. Um, to the sheet actually because I just thought I'll just pop that out when I need it 
in case I want to take a break for <laughs> in case I want to take a break for a month. I'll just pop that. I'll just add that sixty miles on when I need it. You know, when I feel it's necessary. It's a buffer zone. Yeah. But we hired our bikes to this thing called Donkey Republic. I don't know if you heard of this, Dan, where basically it's an app and basically you, you, you order them in advance and it, you, it finds using your GPS on your phone, your local pickup point. You walk over to the bike because there's a number on it. Using your Bluetooth, you unlock it and that's it. Happy days. And you lock it and unlock it from your phone. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's really good. Any problems with your bike, you can just let them know and you can swap to another one. And then that means that they know and someone can come and check that bike like it's brakes, as it were. And we just went pooling off around Vienna. Um, we stopped off at awesome. like a small cafe to use the toilets, and the toilet door down wasn't a door; it was a shower curtain. <laughs> and um, my uh, p- my partner was holding up the curtain for me outside while I was using the toilet. That's love, that is. And she properly just let go of it <laughs> um, without realizing, just displaying me to the everyone in the cafe. Oh. <laughs> Luckily, you hadn't collapsed. You know. Yeah, I hadn't at that point. No. Um, uh, and then, and then Budapest was lovely. We spent more time in Budapest than any than anywhere else, and I think yeah. it was my my favourite city. Uh, it was lovely, yeah. Um, and uh, also incredibly, incredibly cheap, uh, <laughs> which was uh, which was excellent. And we but did uh, we did an escape room in Budapest, <sighs> which was unique because it's one of the first ones. They're called like second generation escape rooms, right? And they're unique because they don't have any padlocks. Or codes, it's all mechanical. So essentially, you're uh, doing your own like one-hour crystal maze mission, all in this, all in this room. The, the highlight being one bit because we were playing like it was called, it was like a Day of the Dead themed, like Mexican, like skull kind of themed room. And there's this one bit where there's this coffin, and I went, I, had to, I turned to Chris and went, Chris, I've got to put you in this coffin. <laughs> I mean, he still fucked up the puzzle, and I had to go in and sort it out. But it was quite amusing. No, 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 no. Because because Sam's done so many of these things, you can sense there's this real pressure in his voice that he he can't ever um, ever go through one without escaping from it within the time limit. See, it gets to a point when you go past the halfway mark where his voice goes like up an octave, and he gets he gets <laughs> quite nervous, and he's quite he gets quite frantic and quite anxious. Yep. Does he just start taking things off you? Because you're like, oh, I can do it quicker than this. Yeah. He feels the temptation to quarterback. He doesn't, but he feels that temptation and that kind of of conflict. I'm not doing this Um, to be fun. I'm doing this to win. Yep. 32 years unbeaten. And it was an incredible... (laughs) Hang on, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. 32 years unbeaten. Yeah, how long have you been doing escape rooms? Well, if you after escaping from the womb, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was my first escape. You should have seen the locks in there. Jesus oh, Christ! Jesus Christ! <laughs> it was while we were in Budapest that the Bank of Wellington opened its doors for the first time. Oh yeah! Oh god! This was hilarious. So, um, if anyone's not aware, just, just from the... looking at Pete's face, I'm excited by this story. Oh yeah. So to give you a bit of economics background, in Hungary. Uh, one pound gets you about 330 florins. It's about that. Something like that, yeah. I, I, I mean, we went out for a really nice meal that gave you a migraine, Pete. For, and it was like a main <laughs> dish was like a tenner for a really like decent steak or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. Like the prices are so incredibly cheap. But the economy is so twisty. Like, pay, is 4,000 too much? And you realise it's like six quid or a tenner. Yeah, and you're just like, well, this is amazing. So anyway. Um, so we're getting to the end of the holiday. Pete needed a little bit of money. I need a little bit of cash because 
if you're going to pick up forents and stuff like that, like if you're going to use money, they kind of want you to use cash a whole bunch. Like you can use card and stuff, but like if you're going to go and see a few things around, it's easy to just pay in cash. So I decided to get yeah. out some cash from a cash point, and I thought that would be sensible. I'll get some money out. I'll get out. I don't know, sixty quid. If that, I'm sure that will last us, because. There's no way that I'm going to be able to, you know, if I go too much more, then basically I would, how would I, how would I change it back? I can't do it in the UK because it's not going to be worth it. I'll lose a load of money. So I won't do that. I'll just get a small amount of money out. So I go over to the cash machine and uh, I'm like, English, please. Because uh, I can't read the language. So I was like, English, please. And it goes into, <laughs> into English. And uh, it was like, how much money would you like to get out? Uh, and I said, um... Well, not said, because that's probably where you went wrong if that's... And I said out loud... <laughs> 20 pounds! Uh, to myself. It was like, <laughs> how many forints would you like to get out? And I was like, I don't know, like, this amount? And I didn't really know how much how much it was. Um, so I, it was like, do you want... And it was all denominations of, like, five figures. So I was like, I don't know, the lowest amount, 30,000? Um, now... Or, or something along those lines. And then it was basically like, okay, cool. Just to let you know... The amount of money you're taking out is two hundred and ninety pounds. Like, are, are you okay with this? Which is about seventy, isn't it? Like seventy thousand. It was like, yeah, that I must think. have been it. Like tens and tens and tens of that. That was the smallest amount that I could take out from the thing. So I was like, is this? It was like, is this okay, or would you like another amount? You know, is this okay? And I was like, no, 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 uh, it's not. No. And then it was like, cool, giving you your cash. And I was like, what? Cancel, 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 cancel. Chick, 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 chick. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so then basically, like like a Mayday ticker tape parade, like it starts like coming out of the little, coming out of the slot. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, and I just jam it. It was like the end of the crystal maze. And yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just jamming this stuff into my wallet and I'm like, so then I like, and then everybody else is waiting for me, and Alex is looking at me, and I've clearly made this face of, oh, something's gone wrong. Again, the book, <laughs> the book, book was with me all to, all the time, and um, and I said, I think I might have taken out like two hundred and sixty quid's worth of uh, cash by mistake. <laughs> um, so then we decided the smart thing would be for me to be the Bank of Willington. So. If we needed cash between us, then I would loan out the money interest-free because I'm, 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 I'm a good banker. But, but Dan, I borrowed, like, I borrowed like eighty quid off it. <laughs> it didn't. It even, lasted two days. It was just. It's just so cheap. Didn't it's so even like you just couldn't it. give it away. No, just like just like, oh, I'll just take it. Uh, and um, it was like going to my parent. Oh God! So I was just like, how much do you need? There we go. <laughs> but it was good. I uh, and I learned what it would be like if I was a. If I was in finance, yeah. If I was some sort of loan shark, have you been? Have you been paid back now, Pete, or are you sending the boys round? I think so. Yeah, I'm going to take his shins. You <laughs> thought it was the washing machine that put the staples in Chris? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Pete. Chris just didn't see you coming. I don't remember anything, Peter. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just subliminal messages like p- implanted in Budgie the little helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pay me back. Uh, <laughs> but Dan, but Dan, if you ever wanted to know what it's like to go on holiday in Wellington, he did not disappoint. Oh. I think like my highlight, one of my several highlights. One was that you know when you go to certain like theme park areas, and there'll be like a, almost like a cardboard cutout of your a hole to put your head through. There were so many of those. I just wanted to put, and we just kept putting Pete's head through them, taking pictures Brilliant. of him. Um, 
listening and um, Pete just abroad Dan just in terms of his wonderful amiable character just listening to him order it booking a table for us reserving a table in the restaurant was just beautiful I imagine um, Pete as someone who would kind of try and be polite and try and do it kind of uh, in, in not necessarily in the language of the, the country he's in but at least the accent of the country that he's in no 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 Dan no, no. none of that hello I'm Peter Willington oh he went he went full English <laughs> yeah there will be six of us we would like to book the table for eight o'clock thank you very much no. he, he was so he was so British yeah when we went to that restaurant for that booking he turned up and went hello I'm Peter and they went this way <laughs> like, they knew immediately who it was like yeah yeah they were like not having any of it were they um, but yeah they and, and I think that was it because you, you know I, what my plan of attack with this side of things is i can't speak the language and like i'm I, i'm not polite enough to try and learn and also i kind of feel like i'd stumble over it anyway and also when they respond i'm not going to know what they're saying so um so i kind of just go as english as i possibly can and then hope that the but hum- you are english Exa- exactly and very english anyway i don't why yeah. do you need to feel the need to put extra on there no but it's up to 11 dan so I why ca- do you need to add sauce on top of the basically basically what i do is i i sort of hope that the movies that the movies that star hugh grant still sort of fly over there like that kind of like i'm english and can and completely useless. Please help. Because and then well, I've always, to be fair, Pete, I've always thought of you as yeah. the next Hugh Grant. I uh, really have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was he the one who put the hamster up his ass? No. Which one was he? Wasn't that oh. Richard Gere? Wasn't oh, that someone that just kind of followed yeah, Richard Gere yeah, out for Richard years? Gere. Yeah, that's yeah. Even I, though I, there was there was no ba- basis in truth, but for some reason, someone had told that story and he just stuck around. Oh, that's a brilliant. I always, I always, can, I always think of them as almost interchangeable, but they're not in any way. Hugh Grant and no, no. Richard Gere. Yeah, they're not even close to being interchangeable. Yeah, I they've just... both. I tell you what, though, they have both wooed Julia Roberts. Yeah, there you go. Maybe it's that. What are the two films, oh. Pete? Oh. There we go. Pretty Woman. <laughs> Um, that was really good. Well, <laughs> well for me, or Pete? I mean, uh, what, Sam, what's the music for the next one? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was it was sung by Ronan Keating, Sam. What was it? Um, Life is a roller coaster. No, 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 no. no. Uh, um, the smile on your face lets me know <laughs> that you need me. There's a truth in your eyes saying you'll never leave me. Yeah, and that's that's me. the that's, that's the legally longest amount we can me. sing. There. <laughs> so, yeah. um, Singing is a very loose term, there, Pete. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is it because it, was he also in Love Actually? Yes, as the Prime Minister. Yeah, that's the one where he bangs Julia Roberts. Nope. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. I mean, it's, listeners. I mean, it sounds like it doesn't sound like. I mean, it, I mean, it sounds like you're the one with a head injury, and just kind of like that train of thought go from actor to actor, and Pete's misunderstandings. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Is Love actually the one where he bangs Julia Roberts? <laughs> Oh, God. what a guy.
So uh, the film you were looking for yeah. was Notting Hill. Ah, uh, Notting, Notting Hill. Hill yeah, I didn't see that. So I want to talk about Inf- uh, well, I want us to talk about Infinity War because we have seen it. Um, yes, and uh, this is also the final point at which, like, like listener, hello. We don't often talk to you direct. Jump off the train. Yeah, jump off the train because uh, if you don't want to, if if you haven't watched it, you probably want to skip this. Um, so this 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 train is heading to spoiler town. Yeah, but before you go, yeah. before you go, go cinema grift update. Go on. It's not a grift. It's um, not a grift. It is. It, well, so um, so Peter joined me. I did. Before the grift. I did, yeah. How was your grift experience? The grift experience was pretty tip-top. I felt like a bit of a plonker uh, going in for it. Um, but when I walked away from that... When I walked away from the condescending man who sort of looked at me as if I was trash... Because <laughs> uh, you were buying a child's munchbox. Yeah, because I was yeah. buying a munchbox. I sort of walked away from there with a, a feeling of elation that I, I dicked over Cineworld. Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. It was great. Great. Yeah, it is a bit of a it's a bit of a grift, and I and I uh, I can now share with you the grift update, which is a little bit of added spice to your grift. Mm. If you uh, get one of these munch boxes, this is my advice yeah, to, to to everyone: is that so the grift consists of the munch box is uh, popcorn, sweet or salted or salty sweet. Uh, you actually you've opened my eyes to another world Peter because you could actually get water I just thought it was orange and apple and blackberry caprison but you can ask for water yep so it's got even better yep and as long as it's not sparkling as long as it's not sparkling bloody (laughs) and also a bag of magic stars yeah pretty standard yeah but you want to spice up your cinema viewing open up those bag of magic stars pour them in the popcorn give it a little shake Oh, yeah, and cheeky. suddenly Infinity War just got a lot more surprising I was like <laughs> hmm, what would it be popcorn or magic stars don't want to know sometimes combining the two Ooh, oh that's mm. a lovely mix well, I mean lovely. what was surprising for me was the fact that I knew Sam was going to do this grift yeah it's not a grift um, but I bought a large popcorn for me and Peter share and I turned around and he's bought himself his own little grift <laughs> box it, I, I felt really bad because I actually really wanted I really wanted to actually do that, actually. I felt really left out. I felt really silly for not swallowing my pride. Also, so you said you swallowed a large popcorn. Yeah. And look how well that served me, all that extra salt. Cineworld, you know, Cineworld are in on the grift as well. They're like, they, you know, they're people who are there. They're like, you know, they whenever that, you know, beeps through that box, they must be thinking, they know. Someone's on it. Yeah, someone, someone knows. Someone knows. Okay, so this is the point where we're going to spoil Infinity Wars. Spoilers ahoy, spoilers ahoy. Spoiler, okay, right, fine. Hear ye, hear ye, spoilers ahoy. So. It's all right, isn't it? It is. Now, because you guys all watched it together. I saw it a few days beforehand, before you guys. All right, show off. Sam, I, I, you were very clear you didn't want to hear anything from me, so I gave you no information whatsoever. Did you stay till the end? Yeah. I thought you would. Okay. Um, well, that we only stayed to the end because everyone I text asking if I should stay to the end didn't respond in time. Otherwise, we would have left. Well, if you'd asked me, should you stay till the end? I would have said yes. I did. No, 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 no. You said, did I stay? And you said, and I said yes. Oh, yeah, because I was just going to ask you afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, assu- I assumed you would stay, Um because of the lack of a standard 
pre-credit sting. Yeah, pre-credit sting. So yeah, long story short, they lost. The Avengers lost. Yep. Um, the film played out exactly as I thought it would. Um, no, maybe not exactly in terms of scene by scene, but what happened at the end happened at the end, and I expected that because I know how narrative works, and I know there's a second half of this film, and when you've built up a character and a baddie for ten years, he can't be defeated in two hours. That just doesn't. That just wouldn't make no sense. And so he had to win. If he had, a, if he had have lost. I still wouldn't have been disappointed. I would have thought that's a bloody good movie. It depends on the nature of how he lost, because mm. he if if he if he lost by tripping over a twig and and hurting himself, and they just stuck some handcuffs on and him, and all the stones yeah. just fell out. Yeah. <laughs> Stan Lee shoots him. Yeah, yeah, and like Iron Man just kind of stamps on a couple of them, and that's it. Yeah, that that wouldn't have been great. Um, yeah, I loved it. I think I think one of the best things about it was the fact that. Thanos was the lead was the main character. Yeah. I think obviously Marvel have um had problems with villains for most of their films, not every single one, but most of their films you've got Loki um has been the only kind of bad guy really who's made a bigger impact. Whereas by having him as that lead character, we know all the other characters. We know the kind of um what Iron Man's about and Cap- Captain America's about and all that stuff. But given that time to let that character of Thanos just breathe and get to know who he is and both at times make him almost sympathetic was a really interesting way of going about it. So when he does the horrible things that he does, you, you kind of, a, you're a little bit torn because you know why he's doing it and what he's done in the past. Um, I think some of the relationships between him and Gamora are lovely. I'm, I don't know how much you want to go into spoiler territory. I don't want to just openly, say individual bits yeah of the i mean film. we've 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 all seen it i mean you've already spoiled the ending dan so anything in the meantime we've all seen it and of... like if somebody's listening now then like they should also have seen it Oops. or they don't care so yeah um right pete you're you're an interesting case because full stop <laughs> thank you that's, that's that, yeah that's what my teachers always said yeah go on You've not seen all the Marvel films. Not all of them, you, but most. The last one, but most of them. The most of them. The last one you saw before this was Civil War. Yep. Yeah. So, in terms of like, out of all of us, you probably had the least invested. Um, um, yeah. No, I mean in the franchise. I don't know. I. I well, I've you did. Most you did. If you were invested in the franchise, you would have seen all the films. That's true. So that's true. Okay, that's true. So I. I'm glad I watched as many movies as I had before I watched Infinity War because that movie, if you go into that thinking and you've never seen a Marvel movie before, uh, I think the only thing you would take away from it is, wow, that's a pretty film of nonsense Um, because it's really just a, you know, it's a, a good versus evil story with a load of stuff that you won't get, like... Like, why is this person angry with this person, but they're sort of on the same side? And I thought this guy was Captain America, but he doesn't look anything like that. And who are these characters? Where's his shield? Where's yeah? Where's his shield? And wh- hold on, there's this there's this nation that's that that nobody can see that's more technologically superior to everybody else. Okay, um, like who? Wait a second. Why why has the God of Thunder not got an eye? Um. <laughs> Uh, you know, but it's, and it's also lo- lines like when when uh, 
Bruce Banner first kind of explains to Tony Stark who Thanos is, he explains him by saying he was behind New York. No other explanation other than he was behind New York. Yeah. Obviously, you know the films, you know exactly what he's talking yeah. about. If you don't, then I don't understand what that means. Yeah, I think the I think the 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 main takeaway I got from it is this is a really good film version of a comic book crossover event yeah. that that Marvel has clearly earned over ten years, and the reason that they yeah. can make this. The reason that those crossover events work when they work is because the people who read them are so invested in a bunch of the characters in that space that they want to see how all of their characters in, let's say, for example, in the DC Universe on Crisis on Infinite Earths, they want to find out, uh, you know, which of the Supermen make it through alive, which of the... Uh, you know, what happens to Batman, what happens to uh, the various versions of The Flash... Like, how does that work out? Whereas, if, like me, you read in, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths and you didn't really know any of that stuff, it's just a really boring, like, big fight. Um, and I think that, that that is what this film would have been if I hadn't seen those things. Um, I I really did like the film. I don't, I, And I think we're just going to talk about how great it is anyway, so I may as well throw my critical sense into it. One of the things that I, I kind of... One of the things I, I think that didn't quite work for me is though Thanos is a somewhat sympathetic villain and you can see yeah. the logical steps behind what he's trying to do, as in the, the, the method that he is using to bring equality into the universe by wiping out 50% of the population, I can, un I can sort of just about understand, get my head around that. He never really goes into why he chooses that as the option. He never really chooses. No. He never. They never really yeah. go into why. On his planet, he was sat there thinking about genocide in the first place. I think it. It was his upbringing. I think like a, gen a similar kind of genocidal events he instated was because his population had grown so much that they couldn't actually. Yeah. Um, support themselves and he made this decision well, this but he says explicitly I don't want that to happen again so instead of using no the not the genocide no he, not, not the genocide he instated the genocide he doesn't want it to kind of reach its critical mass exceed yeah. it and then everyone it, um, exactly so he doesn't want that to happen to like a civilization again so he destroys 50% of everything instead of Maybe using the Infinity Gauntlet to produce double the amount of yeah, like supplies, because he can or turn back time to a simpler point, yeah, fix things like at this. Or it's a yeah, I mean, it's a tricky thing to kind of debate, really, because he is the Mad Titan. That's his nickname, but yeah. it's one of those weird things, like that when they've in cities where they've introduced extra lanes, it's not actually less than traffic because what it's done is it just creates space to create more cars more and yeah, but yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a but, tricky one, that. but that uh, so I do think that there are plot holes but i get the feeling that some of those plot holes aren't actually plot holes they're very deliberately placed in there to um that they'll answer them in the second of the films um so there are little moments where um like for example thanos says um oh i know who you are tony stark like uh like the burden of knowledge is not just something you have to bear and i i get the feeling that in the second film, there's going to be some of these these 
sort of loose threads are going to be tied up. I certainly hope so. Um, because otherwise they're sort of just saying phrases that don't that sound interesting but don't yeah. actually go anywhere. Um, so there is a little bit of that. But, I mean, all in all, like, this is a film in which a god gets blasted by a star to to create an ultimate weapon uh you know in this incredible cosmic battle you know this, this is, is and it makes sense and it makes sense and it is <laughs> and you're rooting for them and like it isn't just hoke it's not hokey like you're sat there going yep okay i'm in like I, i'm t- you've you've earned this um i did cry Twice. Did you have a little weepy? Yeah, I did. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Can we yeah. guess? Because I reckon one of them was was one of them was Peter Parker. At the end. I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah. That 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 was just oh gosh. It wasn't Rory's graduation level of crying, but no, there were tears. Nothing's that level. So no, no, no. Uh, yeah, what that was one of them. Peter Parker. Um, was was the one of the other ones uh, involving Gamora? Uh, no. No, I, I must admit the Gamora thing. Chuck her off. I don't care. Uh, sling, sling her in. I, d- I don't. I don't believe this relationship whatsoever. Sling her in, mate. What relationship don't you believe? I just don't believe that he loved her. Like I, ju- I, I just can't believe it. He's like, oh, it actually turns out he loved you all along. No, nah, he, no, he, he was abusive. Like, sorry, I'm not. I'm, I'm not <laughs> buying into this. Like, oh, but I actually loved you all along. No, you didn't. You murdered everybody that she knew and and treated her like absolute dog shit. Like, yeah, he no, yeah, but he no, I, I that didn't that 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 I was okay with that character development because he could be an evil evil person and still be no, able to no, love no, someone did, who he thought of as a daughter. Absolutely not. Like that is not like the the prophecy says you have to you have to uh, you have to trade. A soul for a soul, and it has to be somebody that you love. And like, if the if the fuck if if the if the if the prophecy's definition of love is what Thanos did, like you could you could chuck in anything, just like oh yeah, here you go, take her. Oh no, yeah, totally loved her. Like no. Sam was the other one. Uh, Vision. Yeah. Really. Vision, oh, uh, uh, two Wanda, for two. Wonder killing Vision. Because essentially, what the interesting thing about Infinity War is, it's, it's essentially it's a film about sacrifice. Yeah. In uh, in a lot of the film, there's um, two people who are debating and dealing with the idea of sacrificing themselves for this cause, which is really interesting in the Marvel universe because it's something that's not really been touched on before. Like there's there's always a debate about whether they should be doing something for the greater good or, you know, giving up their life to fight, you know, an alien, but never the thought this is the first time really that they've had serious discussions that shit, my life might end tonight. Like we are facing up against something bigger than mm. than we ever faced before. So, you know, Tony's finally coming to the realization that this will be his last run will he sacrifice his life uh vision is trying to convince wanda to sacrifice him when the time comes to it the same goes for gamora and um oh star lord and um the same is for thanos and gamora you know when the time comes for him is he going to sacrifice whether he does or doesn't the you know the the only thing that he's loved that's what the, the, you know that that's what the film is about it's about sacrifice um so I think the the, t- the two characters that that it came across a lot was was Vision and Wanda. I love that bit where she's actually just yeah. because of the amount of energy 
that she had put into that moment um, to actually kill him. Which then made it all the more heartbreaking when basically with a click of the fingers, all that emotion is undone. You go through all that. No, it's 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 heart. It's not heartbreaking because it's undone. It's heartbreaking because it was wasted. Um, the, the fact that like all that effort that's gone into it and all that you know ten years of of fighting and build up has just been undone by a click of the fingers, and it's kind of like the, uh, uh, that idea of sacrifice is such a powerful emotion, and that it just that that whole. That whole rigmarole, that whole discussion, has just been wasted just by a click of the fingers. Mm. Just like all, all everything that that turmoil that the that the um, that the characters have gone through. I mean, generally, as as a film overall, I think it is pretty much perfectly paced. I mean, it starts at a million miles an hour and never stops until Captain America and the Boring Squad turn up. <laughs> um, but, uh, I love that bit. I thought that was the first kind of fist pumping moment of okay, here we go. The music kicks in, and suddenly you're like, here we go again. I'm, I'm. I love that bit. I got chills when Captain America was there because I thought, yeah, perfect addition to that moment. Yeah. But it's not like Peter Quill dancing on the thing, and it's not like Doctor Strange and that first opening bit where everything's just sipping along. It's kind of like, right, let's get serious now. Captain America and Black Widow and Falcon have arrived. Yeah. Let's actually sort this problem out, boys. Come on, stop messing around. Yeah. We're the boring squad and we'll deal with this once and for all. Ta-da! Like, it was... And inevitably, there was a point in the film where it actually dipped because you cannot keep that level up for for um, forever. And it, and it and essentially, the, the humour in Marvel does kind of save the day because I just thought, oh, if this, was, if this was DC, they would have stripped out all the jokes. Yep. And the yeah, colour. All the colour. Two and three quarter hours of just Great. ponderous captain america style boring people the, talking about how serious the situation is and not laughing about yeah. it yeah but like the, the the other really super cool thing is like how they got across the scale at which these people are fighting so mm-hmm. when thanos is able to destroy a satellite and bring it hurtling towards the planet that they're on you know the, yeah. the you know basically yeah when he basically broke up a moon and threw it at them like that is like that kind of thing is when you describe it obviously it sounds absolutely ludicrous but the way that it is portrayed in the film and um you know some amazing acting because it because it mirrors it mirrors a moment in um uh civil war where bucky shoots uh, tony stark in the face and um, Tony Stark manages to move the gun out of his face just at the last second. Mm. And that shock on his face where you know, someone just shot me, like he's gone for me, like some a guy I know mm. has, just, has just gone for me. And like it, it's mirrored there in um, when it's just like, oh, he's throwing a moon at me. This is this is escalation. Yeah, this yeah. is this is serious <laughs> now. This is not something I can avoid or build technology to defend myself against. Yeah. This is a moon. Yeah, yeah. Um and, and I love those kind of harkings back. So at the very beginning where Loki and Thanos are having that face off and Loki just says, We have a Hulk, and that's a line that's rifted from the first Avengers film. Yeah. And you and, and you in your head you're thinking about, okay, who's gonna really challenge Thanos here? And obviously your mind will come to the Hulk because he's dispatched with so many people so quickly. 
And here you get that you see the Hulk getting the crap kicked out of him within the first five minutes. And suddenly the kind of trump card of the Avengers, the big guns, has just been dispatched. And it's that fear that the Hulk has that makes him cower behind Banner throughout most mm-hmm. of the film. And from the get-go, you realise that this is not going to be any other kind of villain. Which no. is exactly the same as, like, immediately afterwards with, with Loki and kind of Loki's death. Because, you, again, all through, ever since he came in, Loki was always someone who could talk his way out of any situation. And he could do whatever he wanted because he had the, the gift of the gab to be able to do what he wanted. And then to have him killed in, in such a brutal way, to basically just have his neck slowly crushed, was, was horrible. And you mentioned kind of... Um, the Avengers. I was reminded of kind of. I remember a line that Loki gives. Loki delivers in the first Avengers, um, where I think Nick Fury says to him that we have no quarrel with you, and his response is, "As an ant has no quarrel with a boot." And I think in the Avengers, that's kind of Loki being um, kind of very boasting about his superiority and very kind of full of himself. Whereas in Infinity War, that's genuinely how Thanos feels mm. he doesn't care I love the fact that he doesn't care about the Avengers he doesn't see them as a threat really I think there's a brief moment where Mantis has put him under a, under kind of her spell and that they nearly get the glove off him but other than that that's great he, he doesn't he, he doesn't care about the Avengers and once he's got all but the the Mind Stone and he shows up in Wakanda and he just literally bats all of the Avengers away as they attack him with just a stroke of his hand and they just fall away he doesn't it's they're nothing to him mm. and that's what I, I love that fact of there wasn't a thing of it wasn't personal or anything like that he was just like I'm just going to walk straight through you and take what I want because I can and this is who I am and that's why it did remind me of that line of um, Anant has no quarrel with the boots because Thanos just steps on everyone uh, well, it, to be honest it was a gut punch the whole film was a gut punch so I'm still I mean obviously I had a bigger gut punch later <laughs> um, I'm still kind of <laughs> from an infinity war to an infinity ward I'm still kind of reading over these kind of the ideas and stuff that happened in the film. Um, but yeah, completely earned. Uh, completely earned. And I cannot wait to see what's going to happen next in part two with all these different factions, these different groups, these different IPs scattered throughout the universe. It's going to be exceedingly weird going backwards in time now with the next two films. Like, re- it feels really like I. I, I it almost feels like a misstep. Like I at the moment I could take a year between this and just the next Avengers film coming out. Like and that and I would be really happy with that. Yeah. But it feels almost like a misstep. And I know that's I, I would I would agree in the sense of because I think you're talking about Ant Man and the Wasp as well. And I think Ant Man and the Wasp feels like it doesn't belong next to Infinity War. I think it I think it could. What I mean by going back in time to pre Infinity War stuff. So both Ant Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel, which I is important, will be set pre Infinity War. I, I I think Captain Marvel um doesn't bother me in the slightest because when I was when I imagined what was going to happen, my my thought of what would happen in that film would be Thanos was going to win, but right at the end they would introduce Captain Marvel. I didn't realise it would be the end credits scene that they would introduce Captain Marvel because what that would do is that basically gives you a okay, there's a bit of hope. And then you get a whole film to introduce a character who can you can then drop seamlessly into the next film and say, here's your ready-made character. Because we know everyone who's going to watch the next Avengers film will have probably seen Captain Marvel. So we can drop him and we don't have to worry about any kind of 
um, origin story or don't have to worry about explaining who this character is because we're, we're giving ourselves an entire film to do that. Yeah. So that's your origin story and you can drop her in straight away and obviously there's so much heavy lifting to do again in the next Avengers film that having her there ready-made as kind of the Great White Hope to speak, I think I think that is necessary. Ant-Man and the Wasp is a different is a different kettle of fish, but I think Captain Marvel, I think it's necessary to have that falling between Infinity War and Infinity War Part 2 or whatever it's going to be called. Are we all agreed that the best bit about that post-credit sting was realising that Arrested Development and the MCU are all in the same universe? Oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So amazing. I kind of want to see it again to spot him, but seeing Tobias Funke in, the, uh, in Avengers Infinity War... I've I've looked it up. I can't remember what scene he's in, but uh... it's 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 in the um the collectors one of the collectors glass cases. Oh, yeah, is when he? Thanos goes to meet <laughs> so behind Benicia de Toro. Is he there as as a never nude? Yeah. Oh, just, brilliant! I don't I don't think it is David Cross. It's someone that looks like him. You see what I mean? Well, yeah, because they would have said David Cross in the credits, but it's just and characters from or a character from Arrested Development or whatever. I made some notes to try and remember everything I wanted to talk about and kind of... Oh, my God. Some, some, no, some of the notes that I've left that I put Hawkeye question mark and the other one is Giant Dinklage? <laughs> oh, that was awful. That, <laughs> that was, was the worst. That was the worst bit. That was it weird. Was terrible. Yeah, that was, that was it rubbish. It was really bad. He really right. was phoning that in. I don't think it was the fact that he was phoning... It was like they tried to play this joke on the fact that he was a giant dwarf, which I felt was a little bit insensitive. And then... They gave him a weird voice which didn't ring true, and it was kind of at a point of the film where I felt like, as a, as an audience member, I didn't need any of those distractions. Like the film was ramping up and ramping up, and ramping up again after after that drop. And we were we the great thing about the viewing that we went 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 to is there was a bunch of kids in front of us, <laughs> none of whom knew about the great grift because they had like massive boxes of m&ms and water and they needed to go out to the toilet all the time just losers but like it was great it was like that thing that jm barry did um when he was like uh, exhibiting peter pan like getting kids to sit next to the adults so then they would get just excited as a kid's like a great idea so like when the big wakanda battle happened they were like sitting in their chairs bouncing up and down i turned to pete and there he was sitting up and I turned to chris and there he was deleting his popcorn <laughs> <laughs> and uh i was done by then i had gotten halfway through by the time he, was, he was done by the credit opening credits finished <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then it was just like big ramping up and it's just like now here's time for peter dinklage it's just like Oh, like I would have been much happier if it was just like Thor doing that on his own or something else. It was just an unnecessary distraction. Yeah, it was really strange that they would, for that character, they would bring in such a recognisable actor and not have him in any way kind of uh, physically changed CGI-wise or anything like that. It just seemed very strange to have just Peter Dinklage with no makeup or anything like that, really, just dropped in there. It just, it was very strange. And to be honest, he did f*** all. Because all he did, if you think about it, was put a mould in a thing, lose a handle, and just tell Thor how to get the forge working, which he kind of seemed to have a good idea of how to do in the first place. Yeah. But, so he, he was... but he knew where the where the mould was. Could have just left a note, though. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it was like the place had already been destroyed other than this one mould, so it was kind of <laughs> obvious. It was just an unnecessary distraction, and it's with that kind of film... Like it's very important that um, 
that like you don't don't lose the pace yeah. and when you can and if you know that's going to happen when you know it pick it picks up again like to keep it going and i think th- that was one of a couple of realizations i had the second one was that like huh this is going to be those kids star wars isn't it yeah like and that that jealousy that i didn't have that when i was a kid i didn't have like a star wars or a harry potter or anything like that and i know that someone's commented to you about this before pete that it feels like with Infinity War, like this is the last of the films that are being made for us. Yeah. And now the films are going to start being making made for this other generation, like kids that are 9, 10, 11, 12, yeah. who are coming through and watching the Marvel films. And you kind of, you could kind of hear some of that Infinity War, like the jokes and the quips and that thing to just keep it a little bit lighter and frothier, just keep it like the seriousness just bubbling underneath a little bit. Mm. And like the kids that are in front of us, one of them got up twice and was just like, I'm scared, Dad, I'm scared. And I'm just like, yes, that's me at nine years old watching Masters of the Universe and hiding behind my sofa yeah, at Skeletor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this for those kids is going to be their Star Wars. They're going to grow up and show their kids the Marvel Universe. And, and, and it's just really interesting that I was always really pensive about these films carrying on forever, but it's quite reassuring to know that they're now not making those films for me. Like they have considered that these are going to be films for the next generation and mm. generations before then. Mm. So it's it's it was really adorable to watch. It was great. And that was staying in with myself, Sam Turner, Peter Willington, Daniel Frost, and Chris Darby, who I can tell you is recovering absolutely fine. He should have the staples out of his head in the next few days. So we wish him all the best, but it's looking like he'll be absolutely fine and he'll recover beautifully. Thanks to you for uh, listening to this episode and making it this far. We apologise that it was so delayed, but as you can now understand, we had some things to deal with over the weekend. If you want to make sure that you get the podcast as soon as it's available, then the easiest thing to do is to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Mixcloud, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. And while you're there, if you'd like to leave a review, then we'd be really grateful. Visit stayingin.podbean.com for more information and links to all the things we've covered in this episode, plus links to our Steam Curator and Board Game Geek pages. You can find us on Twitter on at stayinginpod, which is essential for this episode because you need to see those pictures of Chris. They'll probably also be up on facebook.com forward slash stayinginpodcast. So thanks very much for listening. And as a thank you for you to listening, here is something that Chris recorded live from the streets of Budapest. I present to you, Peter Willington, a white man abroad. Hello there. Is that Central Bistro? Cellar. 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 Oh, sorry. Do you speak English? Uh, ah, sometimes. Excellent. <laughs> Uh, yes, that's right. Uh, excellent. I, I'd like to book a table for six uh, for tonight, if that's possible. Not six, 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 six people. Um, seven o'clock. Yep. Uh, my name is Peter Willington. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Bye.